1: Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. The season's finished. We have approximately 33 weeks until the 2024 campaign kicks in. But Sal and Ali and myself are going to do our very best to talk as much cricket as is humanly possible between now and then. Sal, how are you? Are you good? Have you had a a busy week? Back to school, I guess? Yeah,
0: yeah, back to school, mate. The kids are back in, driving us mad already. Yeah, it's it's all good. I mean, I think the weather's got slightly confused, hasn't it, this week? Obviously... This is what we wanted in May, June, July, and August, not end of September or well, early September. But, yeah, the heat has been quite tough, actually, last couple of days. I was sort of out and about just doing stuff and actually getting really warm. Oh, it's so, irritating, uh, though, isn't it?
1: Because, yeah. you know, we, we had a third of the season rained off and, you know, a fair few games that were played in pretty rubbish conditions, and then suddenly we're in 30 degrees again. It was you around BEM, did not it? I
0: don't know. More than that, wasn't it, yesterday? I think 33
1: at one point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good, good. Well, Sal and I thought we'd start our, our winter crusade to talk plenty of cricket by, well, at an obvious starting point, that the, the champions this year were Stanmore. And I'm not sure too many people would necessarily have predicted that Stanmore would win the league. So we thought it made sense to get Stanmore's skipper, Grant Reingold, onto the pod. Grant, how are you? Yeah, well, thank you. And
2: well, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on.
1: Well, thanks for coming on board. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's great to speak to you. I mean, we'll, we'll get, into, get into Stanmore's season and, and, and how the, the campaign unfolded in a minute. But first up, can, can you just give us a, a quick 30-second glass where did you begin your cricketing journey Grant where did it start mm-hmm. and, and how have you got to where you are
2: yeah good question good question well I guess for me it basically started on the side of my dad's field lucky enough I got a, a brother who's of a similar age and had similar interests so that was the two of us every Saturday dad would just park us up on the side wherever he was going home and away and we had a bat and a ball between us and we kind of just kicked it around ourselves and, and I guess really just tried to work things out for ourselves <clears throat> tried to sneak in the changing room and And catch what we wanted to be a little bit older than we were
1: but yeah our our experience story all that isn't it yeah
2: yeah exactly exactly just being kids and, and growing up around the field and yeah we absolutely loved it and obviously growing up at Stanmore around the field and then getting old enough and playing some senior cricket started in the threes and actually played with with Angus our chairman Angus Fraser in the threes when I started out when I was 13 and 14 and kind of worked myself up as I got a bit older
1: but yeah, So it's temper. always been Stanmore then, Grant? You've never played any cricket anywhere else?
2: No. Well, I actually, very weirdly enough, I picked, when I was about 12 or 13, I couldn't get into our threes. So I actually went to Finchley and, and played in their fours uh, just for a year. And but that was about it, really. Otherwise, yeah. yeah Stanmore through and through. Yeah. Oh, certainly
1: the picture, as an outsider looking in, you know, you, the, the Rheingold family is definitely strongly aligned with Stanmore. I think everybody in Middlesex cricket won't be too surprised with, with the story you're telling there. Now, I... I was going to sort of, sort of start with a bit of a curveball here, but uh, one of my last games in the second team at Twickenham was in 2014. And back in 2014, Stanmore's seconds were strong. This was the top of Division 1. And, and Twickenham's two had, had a good season. And, and we met on the final day of the season. And both teams already got promoted up to the Prem. And so it was a winner-take-all contest for the title, which is, it was a great position to be in, really. Because even if you lose, you're still going up. You know, it, mm. it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. And on, on that day... And of course, we didn't have the split format then; it was win, lose, draw. Stanmore had the draw, so Twickenham had to go to, to to the common and win. And we, we won the toss. We had a back put two fifty on the board, and then and then as often happens, and this is sort of what we hope might happen. You know, the, the actual act of trying to block it out was almost the the ruin of Stanmore because you know in the end we got very much on top, but we, but we couldn't quite bowl Stanmore out. And and I've got the card right in front of me here, actually, and I think you closed one hundred and. 22 for eight. I think that's what I, I remember it as being. And, you know, it's one of those days where, because we were bowling quickly, we bowled loads more overs than we should have done. We got an extra five in. One of our guys, a really good second team cricketer called Talal Hassan, had what, what, the most bonkers bowling figures I've ever experienced as a cricketer. He bowled 21 overs, 17 maidens, and took six for nine. And, of course, we had six slips and, and, and everything else. We we're trying to get Stanwell out at the end. And on one, it was a great game of cricket. And I remember drinking on the, on the common there with the Samwell boys right until, you know, late into the evening to celebrate two promotions and a, and, and a marvellous day. Why do I bring it all up now? Well, I'm looking at the card and you kept, okay. <laughs> Grand, Grand Rheingold in there with the gloves, batted in the middle order. Some, some you know, well-known, Navin Navin Koon was opening the batting, I remember we had a, a couple of big sixes on the day. And, and some bloke called Steve Rheingold played as well. And he didn't bat, and my first question to you is, there looks to me like there's a few other names in that side who have who have gone on. You know, I've gone into retirement and you, you've gone on to, to, to bigger and better things. And the one that caught my eye was was, was Steve, not, not batting. First question, can you remember much about the day? Feel free to say no. But what about that side that you had then? Because a few people do seem to have graduated on to being proper cricketers.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean... To be quite frank, I, d- I don't remember the day too much. Well, I think, what, what did you say, 2014? Yeah, yeah, so I would have been about nine years ago. I would have been about 18, 17. you You've
1: moved on to bigger and better things, Grant. And that's the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, but it's, it's, it's really interesting you, you picking up on, on I guess, some familiar names that you, you might be more familiar with seeing in the first team over recent years, and including, I guess, Stephen and myself. But I think there's some... I think there's some other names in there as well that have really played like a vital a vital role for us in the ones in the past couple of years. Sub by sub, the head Sahil Sahil Bohr is in there, and, and Richard yeah. Handa, who who both contributed a lot this year in in the ones. And uh, yeah, obviously Stephen and myself, which is which is quite funny to look at look at back now. Stephen batting eleven and, and being our, our frontline line offie, uh, which is which is kind of what he did as a as a kid
1: growing up. So well, I was also racking my brains. So I thought, did he get injured? Was there, was there some incident I forgot where he couldn't bat? And then you say, no, no, he just, just didn't like, bat back then. He said, Blimey, he bats now.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He does. And I think, I think it's just crazy, isn't it, to, to see how, how people develop at different times and, and things like that. But yeah, it's nice to, nice to reminisce those days,
1: that's for yeah. sure. There's also a bigger picture point to be made there, to be honest, and that is that a second team is supposed to help players develop into first team players. And there's a lot of clubs out there, and, and you know, maybe Twickenham has been one in the past where people play at the second team level, and it, it, it's sort of as good as they're going to get. And you know, I, I'm probably the type of cricket I'm talking about, really. Whereas Stanmore, it looks like it is really a production line. You're in the second team to learn your game, so that you hopefully move on and play in the first team, as as that scorecard illustrates, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's kind of been been the model for for us for for a number of years, as as I think that that shows, you know, possibly we're in a slightly different you know geographical position than than some of the other premier league clubs and and potentially as a result of that we're kind of enforced to to have this model but i think it i think it works brilliantly because you know it gives everyone the opportunity and and it just it helps everyone i think knowing that that merit is is rewarded and you know for us it's it's something that's sustainable we've got a really good cult set up and you would do kind of get those youngsters around 17 16 17 18 so it kind of does act as a as a really nice funnel and thankfully thankfully over the past couple of years it's it's worked out okay. So um, I think you'd be yeah. a bit modest
1: there. Cause I mean I, I take all of those points on board, but it's it's not just about merit being rewarded. You've got to be good in the first place. You've got to have the ability and you've got to be have that ability nurtured so that you move on. Because there's plenty of good players out there who, who for whatever reason, they don't kick on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think that's kind of what we've had over the past few years, is kind of that blend between the kind of the youngsters coming in who, who were giving an opportunity as well as some of the older guys who have, who have played a, a fair bunch of, of first class uh, first team cricket and I think just having that blend makes it makes the youngsters feel a bit more comfortable it helps them yeah. learn a little bit quicker but
1: yeah ultimately we all,
2: all just try and have fun together regardless of our age and and our kind of cricket abilities but yeah, it's shame to look back at. Good
1: stuff. Well, I should say, it sort of turned full circle for me as well. I played one game in our threes this year against Stanmore Threes and Naveen Samarikun opened the bat in and still it in so, you know, so <laughs> that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, something don't change. We're talking about the
0: season and what a great season it was. So congratulations from, from us on the, on the pod for an amazing achievement with Stanmore. It's, it's been a bit of an odd season due to the weather. We had lots of games called off. And I'm sure every captain said that at the beginning of the season, you know, they think they can win the league. But when do you actually feel that you know, you guys had a good chance to win the league this season. Which, which was it a turning point? Was it a particular moment that you sort of felt this could, this could be our year?
2: Yeah, good question. I think you know, I think we we started off quite well, and I think we we kind of took a, a lot of confidence in those kind of the first half. Really, I think around the halfway point, we were definitely like, if we keep playing our cricket here, we we absolutely have back ourselves to to pull our results together when we need to, and and just continue kind of performing. I think obviously. As the rain came and came and went, it was a pretty stop-start, and I think everyone was probably looking at it like any result is, is pretty possible here. And I think we just tried to to focus on us and and just allow things to play out on a, on a kind of week by week basis, which yeah, ultimately took us to those to the last couple of weeks. And I guess towards the end, once once we beat Ealing in that that penultimate week, and and we knew North Mids fell short at, at Twickenham or at home to Twickenham, then. Obviously, it
1: was, all kind of, it was all kind of
2: teed up, but...
1: No, let's get this right. North Mid were well beaten by Twickenham. We didn't beat many people this year. We're, we're taking that one as a big plus. We turned up on the day. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I think we were always pretty confident. We, we know we back our side completely. And like I said, the kind of blend of, of youth and, and experience kind of always comes forward here and there. So we were just hoping to fire at the right time. And yeah, and we did, I guess. So,
1: so can, just, I mean, it's probably a tough question, this one, but after week 16, so how many points were you behind North Mid? You're probably fifteen or so points, right?
2: Yes, we we must we must have been, we must have been a good yeah, more than a, a win winning a, a bit. bit yeah yeah it was about a win and yeah a win and a bit more I think at least but yeah I guess yeah that that penultimate week kind of teetered it, it all up really didn't it?
1: Well, in a way, I mean, psychology's an odd thing, isn't it? You know, you, you sort of feel you're probably not going to do it, but you've got you've got no incentive to stop trying. You know, you you just you just go out and play, don't you? Just be positive and my impression is that you're a pretty positive team
2: yeah yeah we, we think so we think so and and that's our that's our kind of message you know we we all we all kind of give up our give up our saturday to to spend the day together and, and go out and play so you know let's go and give it a fair crack and let, let's go and be let's go and be nice and positive and and really just back ourselves so yeah that, that's definitely been the message so i guess i thankful it came through um yeah
0: Actually, Grant, i to ask you a key moment. Actually, I, I thought for a person myself, i, was, I was actually come home from a game, I put the stream on. It was the evening game. At one point, you looked home and hose like the game was done more or less, wasn't it? You know, you had a good position. They were struggling to get a rise, and they obviously had a bit flurry where sort of there was a few sort of no balls flying around and the boundaries being hit. And then you went mm-hmm. to Abhishek called Kai's Bottle Last Over. Yeah, I think that was his first league game in the ones this year, was it, as well? Uh, I know he's played around before and he's played Mining County and National County and stuff, but. What was your thoughts going into the final six balls with the ball in his hand?
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. No, I mean, obviously, I was comfortable. I was fairly comfortable in that situation. You know, I think having having an experienced guy who who has done it in the past, even though he hadn't quite played as many games as we would have liked this year, I think giving giving a ball to giving the ball to a guy who I know has done it in the past for us and and over a long period, you're kind of happy that. Even if it doesn't quite work out, we know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have clear plans and we're gonna try and execute to the best of our ability. And then he then he started rolling in those yorkers uh, as perfectly yeah. as we could have wished. So, yeah, no, super thankful to to have to have someone like that come in and, and bowl bowl at such a pressure time. Yeah, it was so good for the team to to have that kind of depth as well. Considering he hasn't he hasn't really played that much through
1: the year. And on the day itself, then against North Mid. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but there'll be certainly a few, few listeners who, who aren't up to speed with the details. But how did the day pan out? You, did, did you win the toss?
2: I did win the toss. I did win the toss, although I didn't realise I did. And, and that James, James Pardler was, was, was waiting for me to say something. And I was like, oh, I thought, I thought you won it. But I did actually win it and we, we, we decided to bat first. And thinking in a big game, let's get some runs on the boards. Being at home as well, we kind of would prefer to do that slightly and, yeah, I think when we, when we turned up on the day, we, we knew we were going to be up against it looking at, at their side. And, and, you know, I think all you can do on a day like that is just just kind of focus on yourselves. And I think we just thought to ourselves, if we come out and put two good halves of cricket together, then we're going to be in a really good spot. And, you know, if, if that's all we can do and we don't get over the line, then then, then kind of fair play. But, yeah, we were, we were pretty excited just to be involved in a, in a day like that. It's, it's great fun and it's kind of what, what you play for and what you give your time up. And yeah, I think we were just pretty happy to, to be involved in that, but fully, fully backing ourselves to go and get the job done at the same time.
1: Those week 18 showdowns, like the one you had, they're so much better because there's so much time in cricket that it's not good. And that's not a criticism. You know, you get given out with some dodgy LBW decision and you play a rank bad shot. It's raining all day, you know, all that stuff's part of it. And it makes the game what it is, but it makes those, those big occasions just, just even better, right?
2: It, it really does. It really does. And like I said, like we, we all give up our, our summers and our, and our Saturdays and, you know, it gets to that final one, I guess, regardless of the situation. And you're kind of like, you know, this is our last Saturday together. Following this, there's absolutely nothing. And it's like, let's just go and make the most of it. But I think I think those occasions are exactly what, what you play for and what you kind of work so hard. You know, all the thinking that goes in through the winter and the training, regardless of the rain and not, you know. It's, it's quite funny that it always it came down to, to that final game. But yeah, it's just about going and enjoying it. The summer's out and we were at home. You know, we were going to have an end of season social after regardless. So, you know, it was all kind of lined up. But yeah, just going out, enjoying it was was definitely the, the main message.
1: And even then, I think every cricketer at every level will have had games like that, huh? you know, where the season, is, is the fixture kept computer's done its thing. It's thrown up the two best sides or the two worst sides to play each other on the same day. and. And, and that's what it's all about. It's why you get out of bed, isn't it? On a cold February morning to go and have a net or whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I think it's exactly why why we all play the sport and why we love it and why we watch it. And and yeah, I love it so much is because it, it does spring up days like that and situations like that, which is just, you can't really script. You can't really yeah. script. So um, yeah, no, just great to be a part of such a thing.
1: Cool.
0: I'm going to ask you about key moments this year, Grant, which you sort of picked out. For them season which I might mean be season game defining maybe at some point but how the north mid boys after the game they hang around for a few beers with you guys and not, not to not join a celebration but gracious in defeat were they
2: yeah very much so very much so i mean we have a we have a great relationship with with the north mid boys and yeah they were they were great after the game I, I and i knew some of them did hang around which is which was amazing because i know they had a an end of season social back at their place as well so we were super thankful that they, they kind of hang around and, and stayed for a beer, which was, which was lovely. But yeah, we, we really get on with them. So it was, it was such a nice day in general. And they brought, they brought quite, a few, quite a few of their boys down, which only added to the, added to the day, which is, which is great. A bit more
1: atmosphere. How many were there actually, Grand watching? Was there for, for a few people watching by
2: the end? There were, I reckon. Yeah, there was, it was definitely the busiest. We, we've seen it in a while. I mean, at least since we were in the National Cup, which was probably 2018, um, yeah, I don't reckon we've had that many people down there. Yeah, for for a few years now, which was it was great to see. I think the uh, the bar was struggling to keep up,
1: <laughs> which is always good.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yes, thanks to Grant during the season. Which, which moments do you think sort of stood out in in, in the campaign? And you guys actually you know, win the league. I know I know your brother took two amazing catches in in the final game. I saw one actually. Was it Tate McQueen who scored a hundred catching? Obviously, that's uh, that was popular at all when in the game itself but anything else will stand out as well during the year
2: yeah good good question i think something that strikes out to me and sorry to, to bring this up down but it was actually it was at twickenham um and i was actually i was actually away that week but i remember being away and kind of watching on my phone and, and following the stream and i think Stephen Stephen got 100 we were chasing about 280 i think yeah yeah that's right and i yeah. was and i thought that was Quite a lot of runs, you know, chasing. Is you know. it
1: Twickenham at the moment? It wouldn't have been ten years ago, but that's two sixty-eight wins your most games at Twickenham.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, I, I know you guys have got a really good attack, and you know, a couple of spinners get get into their rhythm, and that's that's a very far target. But I think the really pleasing was was Stephen getting a hundred, and our, our other opener, Oriansewan, got got seventy odd, I think, as well, which was kind of him him his kind of first mark in our first team and and in and in the prem. So. I see that as a big moment because, well, the two of them kind of went on to do some some really good things um, through the season. But I guess ultimately, in the the penultimate game at Ealing, they both got a hundred. But I kind of saw the the foundations of that being being built at that Twickenham game, which was a, a massive win to go and chase two eighty in that way. I think we won off the last ball as well, or something. Or
1: yeah, three balls go. Ball. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I just think, you know, the, the kind of character to to get over and having two guys in your top four go big is exactly what a, what a team needs to, to go and push on and, and do some good things. So.
1: Although it's it's funny the, the, the perspectives you have on the game of cricket. I never thought you weren't going to win.
2: Yeah, yeah. But that's I, I
1: would say that we were bottom of the league, you know, but I I, <laughs> I felt Steve was in absolute, and both of those guys were out at more or less same time, I think. But even then, I just felt, no, they look like a side who are going to do this.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that's interesting. And I, I was obviously away, so I was quite far, far from it and, and not not watching every ball as such, but, you know, I, I think it's the kind of character to, to kind of pull through, get over on the last line, a big chase away from home is, is definitely something, something you look for to kind of propel your season. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a moment that, that sticks with me, even though I wasn't there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you mentioned a couple of the younger players there, but there are, I mean, Will Lovell's come through this season as well. Hasn't he? He's had a good campaign.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so Will was our our overseas this year. Yeah. So he was over from from Melbourne. He's only a uh,
1: young lad, though, isn't he? Is that right? I, I don't know him personally. Yeah, he's he's twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. So he was young when you're forty nine. Believe me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but no, he, he he seriously seriously helped up this year. I mean, to obviously taking the new ball is is a massive role, and we knew we knew it would be more. So you mentioned Abby Shake earlier, but he he, he wasn't going to be around as much. So we kind of really needed someone to to step into those into those shoes, but quite amazingly he he also we didn't really bring him over as a batter but he ended up batting three a few times and batting five and six towards the end and you know I think that's what you look for from your from your overseas guy, just to kind of step up into any shoes required and and he really did that and you know some of the some of the death bowling spells he put together really won us and got us over got us over many a line so so he wasn't uh,
1: really an all-round that's interesting I assumed he was because he's clearly batted and bowled this year
2: no he, he was kind of like oh i'd like to i'd like to work on my batting and bat in the middle order if i can this is kind of prior to him coming and i was like oh yeah yeah we'll, we can have a look and see see how you go but you know i think we, we kind of try and reward performances all over and and he was a perfect example of that you know when the middle order wasn't firing he he helped us out at eight and nine and that's just crucial mm. uh, so yeah no a brilliant campaign from him that's for sure
1: and back next year, I mean, I'm not asking you to reveal trade secrets, but are we likely to be seeing him again? Is it a possibility?
2: I think it's a possibility.
1: Obviously, a, a long winter, so
2: we'll, we'll have to see what
1: happens. And I think
2: he's potentially looking for a job back in, in Melbourne. But I think everything's on the table at this point. Um, and I think, yeah, winning the league definitely helps Definitely helps that prospect. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go over the winter and definitely a that option, yeah. yeah. It'd be
1: great. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Grant, we're going to tap into your knowledge of, of the league and the players itself here now. So, Stanmore plays excluded. Who would you say the best bowler you've come up across and who's the best batter? So,
1: they can't be from your club. Actually, Just for diplomatic reasons. It's way too difficult if you've got your own club members. You'll see your name winning brother, wouldn't them Yeah, members. you're going to get kneecapped you know. if you get the wrong answer to that one there.
2: Uh, Bowling-wise, I would say Apojit from End. Uh from he he sticks us an absolute twist and turns and we call him the Wizards, they might not know that, but he is just an incredible bowler to face and so difficult to to try and get away and, and to put off his spot. Batting wise, that's a good question. It's a good question. I think the one that we're we're so often afraid of is would be Ollie Wilkin. You know, I, I think obviously we're we're slightly spin heavier typically, and I think there's not many guys who who can play spin quite like he does in such a destructive way and Euro's kind of worried about what's what's coming next when, when he's at the crease. So, yeah, I think I'd have to say, say those two.
1: Yeah, I had a feeling for quite a long time in English cricket, right from the top, from Test cricket down to, you know, Division 24B, that bowling was a bit a bit stronger than batting. I think we went through a period in English cricket where we struggled to score runs at all levels. I'm not so sure that's true anymore. But what's I mean, you obviously play at a good level. What's your feeling? Is, is ball... I would say dominating the bat. Does ball have the edge over the bat, or a, bat, a batsman kick backs? I, I think they might have done actually.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you. I, I think I think the pendulum's definitely slightly slightly swung. You know, I guess I think back to to well, kind of watching my dad on the side and playing eighteen games of of one of all day games. So kind of declaration and and, and having to bowl out the opposition. I think that maybe gave the gave the the kind of look that that bowlers were always on top. But I guess. It was fewer bowlers bowling bowling plenty more overs. So possibly the kind of introduction of of the the coloured stuff and the pink ball, particularly in, in our cases, as well as possibly typically slightly better weather and, and some better pitches, I definitely think has, has slightly changed that that pendulum or swung the pendulum back towards the batter slightly. Which is definitely definitely interesting to kind of see play out.
1: Yeah, it's one. Of, I never know. I'd actually measure it. I mean, I, I don't know how you really compare the two, but I do think that you know more and more teams play on on covered pitches, and I don't want to sound like I'm 150 years old, but but I think that that, that has to make a difference to the batter. It's got to be easier to bat if if the service is dry and true. So um, so yeah, in the great scheme of things, that the more more covered pitches you have, you think the better batting should be.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I think. I just think there, there are more things coming into the game as well over time i guess new shots new ways new ways of thinking new ways of new ways of uh, approaching the game you know well steven steven speaks to us quite a lot about the kind of mental aspect and the mental skills that, that people need to, to go and succeed and i think you know i don't know if it is the case but you know i think maybe are using other techniques other than just hitting balls that they're definitely helping them kind of kind of come through as well as maybe some some better pitches in the pink ball and things like that but
1: Oh, it's a generational thing as well, Grant. I mean, I see our all-stars at Twickenham, you know, and and no disrespect, but a lot of them don't really know what they're doing, but they can all play the reverse scoop, you know, and it's <laughs> but, like, let's just say that the eight-year-old Dan off was not playing the reverse scoop and and it's like the different attitudes of the game. I'm all for it in an odd way, even though I'm a bit of a traditionalist, I'm all for it. You know, cricket's evolving and it's great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's great to watch and, and it makes it so entertaining, I think, and you know, and there are still people that that have their own you know, kind of unique ways of of approaching things, and I think, again, that just makes it makes it such a good sport, and definitely draws us back week in week out just to see what to see what unfolds. Yeah, and um, but yeah, it's definitely great to watch and see how it all develops.
1: Those questions, Sal's asked just reminded me of another one that I, I and this is a loaded question, right?
2: What's the best catch
1: you've seen at Stanmore this year?
2: It would have to be well, yeah, definitely slightly. You know where down. I'm going. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, I think. Stephen's Steven's catch on the, on the boundary on Saturday North mid to catch to catch Alex McQueen was
1: it was a super catch wasn't
2: uh, it's pretty special it's pretty yeah. special yeah. Uh, although
1: there is there is a loaded question the second part to the loaded question is I can think of a second catch at Stanmore that wasn't as, as crucial as that catch and that was a brilliant catch Don Manuelges to get rid of Stephen when he ran onto the artificial, and Don is not—I love Don Manuel hes not the most athletic man in the world. He went full on belly flop and somehow held it on on the artificial. I, I, I mean, Stanmore a place to take great catches, right?
2: <laughs> apparently so. Apparently so. I mean, we when we when we saw that happen, we we thought that was that was the best catch we've ever seen at Stanmore, at least, but probably ever. I mean, the distance he covered, the amount of snow that that ball had on it,
1: the arms. Remember the arms.
2: In the arms waving around above his head.
1: Yeah.
2: He was twisting, and I think he ended up landing on the Astro as well, which is just an absolute nightmare. I mean, yeah. and the fact he held on to it was was just incredible. It was absolutely incredible.
1: Well, I think a fair few of our boys were every bit as surprised as you were. Let's just say that. But um, but I would just think Stanmore is a place where great catches have been taken. And again, though, that's that's how sides win leagues, isn't it? You take key catches at key times to you know to get where you need to go.
0: Anyway. Mum and dad, obviously a massive influence at Stanmore, grant on and off the pitch over the years. Mum plays a massive part of the juniors. Obviously the co-twin dad's been a you know, part of the side for, I can't remember how many years myself personally, but it's probably going on quite a few now. So yeah, what, what kind of influence did they have in the season itself? And what was it like in the Ryan Golden household sort of Thursday, Friday before the North Mid game? actually probably afterwards as well I imagine
2: <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's quite amazing really you know for us for us all to be involved it's why we it's why we kind of spend so much time up there is because we can just all be together but yeah there are there are a million and one conversations about cricket as you, as you can imagine and uh, we talk everything from <laughs> from who's cleaning up the night after the social to to what teams are we picking to a weekend and uh, you know that they're, they're obviously an incredible influence and and They've given us the the structure that, that we now have at Stanmore, You know, particularly Dad over the years to kind of set up almost this team as well. Only having only stopped playing what, well, last year, this year really. So obviously they're a a huge influence on, on not just us and, and me and Stephen ourselves, but but the club in general and and you know the structure that we're really lucky to to enjoy
1: that to enjoy now. And possibly the most important question you have asked so far: How's your dad's golf going?
2: <laughs> it's going all right, I think. It's going Good. all right.
1: I think there are a few bad days and a few
2: good days, which is just just sums it up, I think, really. But yeah, it's definitely definitely the new hobby. Um, and yeah, it's going well, I think. It's going very well.
1: Yeah, a diplomatic answer. You don't, you don't want to be sort of, you know, saying he's rubbish at the same time. You don't want to be sort of blowing too much smoke. So uh, I, I think that's a pretty fair, fair response to that one. This
0: obviously going to be quite an easy question to answer. I'm actually interested to know what you would choose then, because... Having not sampled them yet, and I'm really looking forward to at some point, maybe next year, doing this. You know, your mum, her teas and lunches are, you know, renowned on, on the circuit, umpires players. Anyone who gets along to or just goes into, like, you know, re- re- reveals how great they are. Um, what would you say is your mum's best lunch that you've had?
2: Oh, uh, don't, get, don't get this
0: one wrong. In lunch. <laughs>
2: Can't get this one wrong. For me, I mean it's actually fairly easy for me because I, I often get in try and get in the ear early in the week and try and try and give a few suggestions. Okay. But my, my favourite have to be chicken pie with bonofi pie for for
0: dessert. Mouths watering watching already.
2: Yeah, the bowlers, the bowlers typically aren't too happy when that comes out and we're fielding, but I bet they still have some. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> There's plenty of portions stuck away in the fridge for for later, that's for sure.
1: I
0: will get booking for next season.
1: Yeah, I believe Sal's already set on, you know, I think your twos are playing uh, North London twos and Sal is already uh, not available for the panel that day. Um, <laughs> got no idea why, yeah. but, <laughs> but it will soon work itself out. Um, rather more mundane question. I don't know if you even had a chance to think about this one, but 2024 is ages and ages away, but it year here soon enough, I guess. The winters do go round. The aims for next season, it's obviously to carry on, right? But how are you going to be Begin preparing for that. Are you the type of side that will will be netting all the way through the winter, or you're going to have a couple of months where you just take a deep breath and and, and step back a bit? Or what, how's the winter going to look?
2: Yeah, good question. I guess we, we, we typically kind of just play it by ear and, and try and get a sense of of you know what we want to do and, and how we kind of want to approach it. Typically, we try and look to to leave to leave this kind of period and, and just let everyone kind of get back to, back to their lives and back to their families. Yeah. Or back to school and uni and, and other cases and things like that. So, yeah, I think for us, we'll, we'll probably look to look to try and get back in the nets probably post Christmas in the new year, yeah, and try and give it kind of a a nice little sprint up towards up towards April or so.
1: Yeah. And do you think you'll sort of approach next year a bit differently? I mean, I, I guess you're there to be shot at now. I mean, you, as, as as title holders,
2: I, I guess so. I guess so. But no, it's a I, it I, good position
1: to be it, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, it is. It is. I guess, but I don't think. I don't think our approach will have, will have, will have changed too much. You know, I think we're a pretty relaxed bunch. And, you know, even kind of going into that final game, we, we didn't really change anything. You know, no one no one really kind of got, got to the game earlier. We didn't really change our warm-up or change our kind of chat before the game or mm. or anything. So I think we we try and just stick to our, our little routines and, and I hope it keeps firing, I guess.
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense. I don't think you have to change anything radically when you've just won the title. Yeah, that's... That's certainly something I'd say. We've been talking a lot about league cricket here, but that, there has actually been some post-league cricket in the, in the shape of a, some cup finals, Sal, and you've been following them, right?
0: Yes, yeah, So the league the season actually officially come to an end today in Middlesex. So yesterday we had the trophy final, which was hosted by Haritan, We took talking in Jim in
1: Conner. Did, did, did I see a picture of cake, Sal? Oh,
0: uh, uh, yeah, I mean... What was all that I'm about? i sure will be by this cake. So I think Mosin Shafi, who plays for Haritan, wasn't playing with some one of top members. His wife made cake. Which looks pretty amazing. So, if you follow the MCCL Twitter page, pop along today and you'll see a picture of it. And it looks very impressive. So, I was really sort of gutted not to be there yesterday because I was definitely all over that exit. one today. Yep. Oh, all over it, mate. So, my guess was Steph maybe for one of the lunches maybe next mm-hmm. season. Yes, yeah, so Harrowtown hosted in the Jim Carter. Jim a really good sort of first part of the game where really he had Harrowtown 1, 2, 3, 7. But Rohan Yadav coming in quite late down, all hit 78 for 8, 52 balls, which led them to 2, for eight for, two 3, 4, for 8. Which really sort of, I think, really made it tough for Jim Carner. Jim Carner never really in the, in the hunt, despite a rapid 36 from your man. Oh, the yeah. 16, still whacking it. 16 balls. Yeah, they hanging around there. The bowl left, 110. So well done to Tan. And today we had the final at the, the, the League Cup final at Corston Road, which actually Stanmore actually played in last year's version this season. And Meeting won it again. So Ianing have won the, the same trophy in the space of six months. Congratulations to Ian and Christian Martin, his side. Winning by five wickets. Hatton did, well, you know, post the challenging score, 2-4-1. We captain, scored 58. And Eden were in a bit of trouble, 39-3. for free. But a player, Grant mentioned earlier on, Ollie Wilkin, superb 107, not out. Actually, I was watching most of the innings. It wasn't a very typical Ollie Wilkin, bombastic, smashing, whatever. They had very sort of pace innings. You know, by this time, then obviously put the bad balls away. And with Robbie Connolly, he scored 56. They added on, I think, over 100. And that was enough to see them, as I said, retain the same cup. So both cups were won by the same side as won them last season or actually this season in Ealing's, in Ealing's case. So Town back-to-back, Ealing back-to-back. Back.
1: Well, we did say, didn't we, about halfway through the season, that Town looked like they're a much better limited-over side than um, all-day cricket side, which may be doing them a disservice, actually. Maybe there's things that have happened that have just made their all-day cricket form dip. But certainly when it comes to limited-over stuff, they've been pretty resilient, haven't they, over the past two or three years?
0: very good record i mean especially this year as well i, I don't think they've lost a, a league game which is limited was those and also having won all their games in, in this competition to show it's definitely their strengths and something maybe they'll be looked to address in terms of time format next season. but yeah um they know how to sort of you know dig in and post scores and then they've got a decent bowling attack which obviously does does its job and yesterday, a good example of that
1: yeah absolutely folks i'm going to End most of the pods that we have between now and the end of November with the same question, right? And Sam, you're going to get about six chances to answer this as a result, and you can yep. give me six different answers if you like. But World Cup's coming up. Who's going to win? Do you want to is kick it, off?
0: Been, where's it? Been, is it? Where's it? Is it in India? Yeah.
1: Because I was just go. explaining to my kids the rationale for all this September one-day yep. international cricket, and you know, you know, it's warming up. I'm going to go to England because I think they've got such a strong spot. I mean, they can almost
0: play. Two levels, I suppose. They've got so much talent and experience and quality within their sides. So I know it's been played in India and Subcontinent. What sure the records like for sides to go over and win in, in that part of the, of the world? But um, well, I think the last yeah, three so winners have been in from India of the World
1: okay. Cup. So.
0: Yeah. So the England might break that tradition. I think there's so much pressure in India these days. They are, yeah. you know, it's this whole weight of the nations on their shoulders, especially Kohli and the guys they've got playing. So. I think England will definitely, and also, you know, the England players now have experience playing in IPL cricket. So they're not alien to these conditions yeah. that we're playing in when it comes to the comp itself. So a lot of them guys have experienced what it's like to play there. So you'd want Josh Butler I'm in your team, whoever you
1: are, wouldn't you? You know, he definitely yeah, knows exactly. his way around whacking the ball. He loves over. it,
0: doesn't he? So I'm definitely going to, yeah, I'm going to England. Um, Grant, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, interesting. I mean,
2: as much as as much as much I'd love to say my home country, South Africa, I don't quite think that's, that's going to happen. But I, I would have gone with the home advantage, I would have gone with India. You know, I know that I know the pressure is going to be be incredible, but you'd like to think that them playing at home, knowing their conditions the best, and being able to prepare the best, I guess, should put them in in the best the best spot to go and do so.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I was hearing Simon Dole saying that he thought South Africa were, a, were were one of the decent bets as an outside an outside chance, and when he talked me through the sort of side that South Africa could pick, I thought, oh yeah, there's decent players in there. Um, yeah.
2: It's, it seems so on paper, but the way they've been going against the Aussies the past week or two, it doesn't, doesn't leave much to be, to be desired, I think. But, you know, hopefully they'll just peak at the right time and then, then we'll be happy.
1: So here we go. Yeah. What, one last stat for you. You might like this one, Sal. Now you're a stats man. Liam Livingston, yeah. did you hear this one about his batting? He batted, he got 90-odd today, didn't he, when England beat New mm. Zealand. And he batted, I'm going to get this right. It's the first time he's batted longer than 50 balls in any innings. For how many innings? What are you going to go for? When was the last time are we, are we in terms of number of innings that he batted play. 50 balls? All forms of the game that he's played. 25. Grant?
2: Oh, I had I had 20 in my head.
1: 110. Firing. Yeah. Oh, mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in his previous 109 innings, he'd not batted, he'd not faced 50 balls. It's <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah. Wow. Just, I mean, I guess to be fair to him, he's often coming in with 25 balls to, to face, but... Uh, no, I just couldn't believe when I heard it, but um, it was on Sky. I'll well, never
0: talk about that stat,
1: Dan. Say again, I won't tell. Never talk about that stat. <laughs> yeah, let's not even go there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a good stat to end to end the pod on. Grant, thanks for coming on board. It's been fantastic talking to you. Best of luck next season as well. Always fascinating to see how how sides go after such a brilliant season, and and of course, well done on this one. You know, a great achievement, and we're we'll looking forward to seeing you lift the cup at the at the presentation night. I guess you'll be there.
2: Yes, yeah, I'll be there. But yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's been been great to chat. And it's, yeah, hope
0: to catch you guys. Before we end, guys, before we end, actually on that point, Dan, I think speaking to Bob Baxter last week, I was, I think the league dinner is not going to be till sort of March time. So oh. the normal, yeah, the normal sort of date in winter has been sort of put back a few months. So it's not confirmed, but. That was the that's what I understood from having to spoke the Bob last week. So I to, I raised the point be. and it
1: did occur to me. I hadn't got a clue when the annual presentation was, but I, you know, like yeah. that
0: now explains it. Okay, so we're looking at March. Talking, yeah. right? I'm talking about March, I think, next season, before the season sort of starts. Okay. So again, that's not confirmed, so don't don't take it as possible. But that's that was what was told to me cool. last week. Actually, before the year, some people mentioned, I mean, we've spoken about Stan Welling just goes to show their success what a great league our league is. I just counted before we came on air, I think in the last 10 seasons, we've had seven different clubs winning the competition. Now, you look at most of the Premier Leagues around the country, you tend to get the same two or three clubs winning year in, year out, you know, in Essex and Surrey and all these other counties. So it just goes to show what a great comp we have in such a varied, you know, in terms. Of life, it does show anyone can win it. You really, say so any side has that chance of actually winning mm-hmm. the league championship. And Bronze finished second with another good, good example of how it's always changing the landscape in, in the league itself. So, as I said, seven different clubs. In the last 10 years just goes to show we have a very good sort of product within our in within the county and let's
1: be honest Sal the 10 years before that it was not nearly so diverse I'm not knocking Ealing in the slightest no. but I mean it just goes to show how good they yeah. were that's right but it yeah. has turned full circle yeah.
0: which is great isn't it it's just healthy it, it gives hope to anyone who comes up or is it, is it you know in the division thinking can we emulate what Stanmore done what Crouch and what Hampson and Richmond all these sides we've won in the last 10 years absolutely
1: absolutely, absolutely. Thomas. it's been a pleasure we'll know that chat soon thanks very much Cheers, guys. Cheers, thank you. Bye.
0: Sports,
2: social, podcast network